Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Welcome back to the Iliad. We are up to book five. We left off with a battle, and that's where we start. The majority of book five tells of the Aristea of Diomedes. What? You don't know what an Aristea is? It's an extended passage about one individual being a hero. And by being a hero, I mean killing a lot of the enemy. So it all depends on your definition of hero. Book five begins by describing the combat of several of the Greek leaders, Agamemnon, Edmineos, Menelaus, and of course, Diomedes. But then Pandarus, you remember him, the archer who broke the terms of the dual agreement back in book three? Pandarus shoots Diomedes in the shoulder. This causes Diomedes to pause for a moment, but he prays to Athena to give him strength. And how can she resist? She not only gives him new strength, she gives him the ability to recognize the gods who have joined the fighting. She tells him to avoid all of the gods except for one. Can you guess who? Aphrodite? Of course, Aphrodite. And then the body count racks up. Diomedes kills eight Trojans, and yes, all of those deaths are described in great detail before he encounters Aeneas and Pandarus. Sthenelus, Diomedes' buddy, tells him he should back down, but Diomedes has Athena-given power right now, so he refuses, throws his spear, and kills Pandarus. So he's up to nine Trojans. He then throws a boulder at Aeneas and does some significant damage. And Aeneas... Oh, Aeneas. Well, if you are aware that there is a Roman epic called the Aeneid, then you know that he's going to survive the war. And you also know that his father is a mortal named Anchises, but his mother, well, his mother is none other than Aphrodite. And Aphrodite sees that her son has been wounded by Diomedes, and she sweeps down onto the battlefield to whisk him away. But unlike when she whisked Paris away, she isn't able to do this unseen. Remember, Athena has given Diomedes the ability to recognize the gods on the battlefield, and she has told him to attack Aphrodite. So, Diomedes sees Aphrodite for who she is, and does as Athena asked, and he manages to cut her on the wrist. Aphrodite drops Aeneas and is helped off the battlefield by Iris. She goes crying to her mother, who heals the wound. Meanwhile, Apollo stands guard over Aeneas. Diomedes, however, is determined to finish the job and strip Aeneas of his armor. He tries three times before Apollo reminds him that he, Apollo, is a god. Apollo then takes Aeneas to the sacred mountain of Pergamus, where he is healed by Artemis and Leto, a.k.a. Apollo's sister and mom. Because if you're the son of a god, you get special treatment. Oh, and to make it seem like Aeneas is still on the battlefield, Apollo creates a phantom version of him, so the Greeks and the Trojans keep fighting over who will get to his armor first. Apollo calls on Ares to help him defeat Diomedes. I mean, Ares and Aphrodite kind of had a thing going, and Diomedes hurt Aphrodite. Not that Ares ever needed much prodding to join in the fray. One Sarpedon then starts taunting Hector for not doing enough, so Hector leads his men into the fight with new vigor, and a newly healed Aeneas reappears on the field, much to the joy of his Trojan compatriots. And we're back to a passage jumping from hero to hero, describing individual fights, who kills who and how. Agamemnon kills one, Aeneas two, Antilochus and Menelaus one each, Hector two, Big Ajax one. And then we get to an extended passage describing the fight between Sarpedon and Telepolemos. Telepolemos is the son of Heracles, 
And while they both draw blood, it's Telpolemus who dies in their fight. Odysseus responds to this death by killing seven of Sarpedon's men. But he doesn't kill Sarpedon because his fate is to die at a later time. Hector pushes on slowly, and the Greeks lose ground. Athena and Hera ask Zeus if they can go and help the Greeks, and he gives them permission. They take Hera's chariot and join the fray. Athena seeks out Diomedes and reminds him of the protections she has given him. He points out that Ares is on the battlefield, too. Athena takes the place of his chariot driver, and together Diomedes and Athena charge at Ares, wounding him much like Diomedes earlier wounded Aphrodite. Ares flies off to Olympus, and the scene follows him there. The book ends on Olympus, with Ares complaining about how Diomedes hurt him, and how Athena is so violent. And Zeus brushes Ares off, and Athena and Hera return, because they have been successful in helping the Greeks hold back the Trojan advance. So what are the themes we see in Book 5? Honor and glory, again, are pretty prominent. That's what an Aristia is about, after all. It's showing the glory of an individual, in this case Diomedes. But we'll see other characters get their own Aristia as the epic continues. Fate is another theme that is prominent in this book. Both Aeneas and Sarpedon survive because of fate. Aeneas is fated to survive the war altogether, and Sarpedon is fated to die later. This is tied to the role of the gods. Aeneas and Sarpedon are both the children of gods. Aeneas is the son of Aphrodite, and Sarpedon is the son of Zeus. In their discussion of the role of the gods, Litcharts makes an interesting point about the last section and why Ares is brushed aside. Ares is the god of war. He just likes fighting and bloodshed, but the Trojan War isn't being fought for the sake of fighting a war. It's being fought for honor and glory. Yeah, it all ties together, doesn't it? But coming back to the gods, they've spent a lot of time watching the war, but in this book, several of them take an active role. Two of them are even injured on the battlefield. Now, they are gods and immortal, so it's only a flesh wound, but their blood, or rather ichor, has been spilled. So are you enjoying the Iliad? I hope so. I rather like it. I've read it once or twice, or six or seven times. Lost track. I do look forward to hearing your thoughts. As always, the link to the blog is in the show notes. Come on over and and join the discussion. On Friday, we'll start Greek mythology, and on Monday, we'll read Sophocles' Ajax. And next Wednesday, we'll move into book six of the Iliad. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.